When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The First Lady of New York Radio, Joan Hamburg. Entertaining and informative. Talk Radio 77 WABC. Welcome everyone to the Joan Hamburg Show. And I have your perfect summer read coming up. Well, you could read it anytime. But I started reading Sonny Hostin's book. And I'm telling you guys, I just kept reading it and reading it and reading it until I think I have like five pages left. And <laughs> I didn't want to Sonny finish it immediately because it was like something yummy and that you like oh. to eat. So no, it was great. <laughs> and the location is just perfect. And we love Olivia Jones, your character, who like all the rest of us, no matter how young, how old, what we do, and she was in or is in the money business in many ways. We all are trying to figure out who are we? What are we going to be yes. when we grow up? Right? Yes. Yes, you really you really see me, Joan. Um, that, that was really the, um, the impetus for writing this book in Sag Harbor about Olivia. Because when my first book, Come on the Bluff, came out, uh, it was during the pandemic, and so I had to do a lot of virtual book tours in order to get the word out about the book. And what was fascinating to me was, by and large, everyone wanted to know more about Olivia. They felt that she didn't know herself. What kind of journey was going on? Um, did she really love Anderson? All those questions that as women we sort of have in our heads, like we know what we want and we know what we desire, but sometimes we question whether or not we deserve it. We question whether or not, um, you know, uh, our, our value is, is as important as it, as it should be. And so I wanted to explore that with Olivia. I always knew it was going to be in Sag Harbor because I had chosen the places and the settings for the book because I feel like mm. the settings are another character in the book. But oh, I was definitely, question. yeah, and I, I definitely realized that this book had to be about Olivia's journey she starts it out thinking she's going to find out about her biological father, family, but she really is finding out about herself. Exactly. And, of course, even this community, which many people don't know exists, but it's real, in Sag Harbor. It is real. Yeah, I have friends yes, who yes. live there, and I remember 100 years ago when he went to show me their house on the water, and I thought... How, no one knows this exists. How are they ever going to keep no. this place a secret from realtors and everyone else? Well, <laughs> unfortunately, the secret is out, not just out. because of this book, but um, I was speaking to um, sort of the unofficial mayor of, of Sag Harbor who passed just a few years ago, and he said it used to be 100% uh, an African-American community, at some point, about 10 years ago, it was about 70-30. Now it's 60-40. And a lot of it is not necessarily the usual type of gentrification mm -hmm. that you see, that 
that should happen, right? You want you want diverse communities. Of course. But this type of gentrification is a, is very predatory. You have these, you know, big conglomerate type real estate agencies that are preying upon the elderly. They're preying upon the grandchildren that can't afford the property taxes. So rather than help them, they're they're buying their homes, they're offering them a lot of money, and then they're tearing them down and they're mm-hmm. building these McMansions and changing the very fabric of the community. What I do love about this community, because I've been summering there for 20 years, is that they just uh, made sure that it was designated a federal uh, historic property, and it's called a historic Black Beach community. And so I think that will do a lot to keep the character. Oh, I hope so. Um, but it, it does. Of, it's an important thing. Right. With yeah, all the problems, too, that it brings, because once it's declared that, you know, you have to abide yeah. by a lot of different restrictions. But yes, it's worth it do. because <laughs> it's it's unique. I'm talking to Sunny Hassan, who's a lawyer, a journalist. You watch her. She's a TV host on The View. And let, let's go back a little bit. Your path mm-hmm. when you were, you know, sort of coming of age was not a dream like I'm going to be a TV host, I'm going to have a show, I'm going to... What was it? What did you think? Did you see yourself practicing or what oh, was the path? I, 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 would never, I would never have dreamed this big. You know, I come from pretty humble beginnings. I grew up in the South Bronx in the projects and my dream was to get out of it, <laughs> get out of that circumstance of course. and maybe... Maybe move to Manhattan. That was sort of the dream, which I, I, my family did end up moving to Manhattan. And it was just about going to college and being the first person in my family to go to college and, and go away somewhere um, and, and learn. I, I was a history buff. I was an English buff. Um, I loved to read. And so I kind of thought I would just be a journalist. I have a journalism major, um, write other people's stories, maybe write for a magazine, maybe write... For the New Yorker, I never really imagined writing fiction in this way um, and being a television host. Because when I was growing up, this is pre-Oprah, I'm dating myself, but there was no Oprah on television. And um, the closest thing that came to the view that kind of looked like me was Carol Simpson on local ABC News. Mm -hmm. Um, And this is, I'm sort of living a dream. It's, uh, I'm still pinching myself, in fact. Well, what was the first job you got that made you think you're on your way? Well, I definitely, when I became a federal prosecutor and I was uh, hired through the honors program at the Department of Justice, I thought, wow, people this think I'm smart. It. This is really pretty cool. Um, I think this is it. I could be a judge. Who knows? And... Uh, and then I was speaking at a conference and someone came up to me and said, you should do, you know, legal correspondent work. I mean, this would be amazing. And I, I just said, well, I do have a journalism major, but from your lips to God's ears, I don't right. think someone's going to pluck me from obscurity at this point. Because at this point, I was in my late 30s. And uh, she happened to be a producer with Nancy Grace on Court TV. Oh. And I would say I was on Court TV in two weeks. And and then someone at CNN saw me, and I got a job at CNN. And then someone at ABC saw me, and I got a job at ABC. 
and then Whoopi Goldberg's an insomniac, and I was I was actually anchoring the overnight show. It's really the grave shift, graveyard mm. shift, and um, she recommended me to Barbara Walters. Unbelievable. And, and the rest right? is history. <laughs> yes. I know. Now, were you married? Like were you married at that point, the early on? Yes, I got married in 1998. Wow, and so you my got first married young. Co hosting gig, I did. My first co hosting gig uh, was in at On the View in 2012. So I've been married 25 years to the same wow. very cool guy. And um, he encouraged me to go for it, which doesn't always happen, you know. It 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 happens less than most people think, because yes, it's yes. it's hard. And I have a lot of women it friends who ended up, you know, really doing incredibly well, and would sometimes try to hide it, or they didn't want to hurt feelings. It was such a sensitive area. Yes, absolutely, absolutely. So how did you deal all those years with, you had children, you had many multiple yeah. lives, <laughs> and it's I not have, easy. You know, it, it's not easy. I can't say that I really believe in work-life balance. Mm -hmm. um, I, I just make it a priority to put my family first. Uh, in fact, my daughter's, uh, you know, 17th birthday was yesterday, and... She's in the car with me now as I give this interview, yeah. and we're we're on the move, and that's how I balance it. I just I just make sure my family comes first, my husband comes first, and then I fit everything else in. And it right. takes a lot of planning and scheduling, but for me, that's my priority. And sometimes I may miss a deadline. I've given up opportunities to host talk shows in L.A. because my family likes New York. And um, I, I think that's the only way you can, quote, unquote, have it all, um, because you have to have it all at different times, not at the same time. Right. And what all is changes as it we changes. come of age, right? The all that I know I thought of when I was a kid was not the all yes. that ended up being my life. That's, that's absolutely correct. I thought, you know, I'd, I'd marry this really cute guy who was in med medical school at the time. Now he's a very successful orthopedic surgeon. And that also gave me the ability to, you know, dream a little bit bigger and do, do some more things. But then when the kids were smaller, I just kind of had to wait a little that. bit. Um, I had to do that first. That came first. And as they got older, I was able to you know, juggle it a little bit better, get a little help. My parents were always very helpful to me, my husband's parents, and we we just made it work. I, it definitely takes a village, and it sounds so cliche now. No, but it's uh, true. Hillary Clinton, but it's so true. Without them, there's, there's just no way I would be talking to you about my book. It's just no. not possible. And and then what, <laughs> if, what stage, Sonny, did you decide it was time to write your first book and get more involved in that world. I mean, each world is very busy and very full and takes a lot of effort. Yes, it is. <laughs> you know, I took a, uh, I took a writing course. Um, I used to make up stories uh, for my children. There weren't a lot of story children's books at the time. I think we've gotten much better, uh, but I used to make up 
you know, uh, the stories of Princess Paloma, and I would uh, make up stories for, for my son, Prince Gabriel, and I would have all of these adventures. And I decided uh, to take a writing course. And uh, my writing teacher, Ryan Harbaugh, was just this incredibly talented writer himself. And he, uh, he called me a few years later and said, you've got this memoir in you, and let me be your agent, and let's do this. And mm-hmm. I'll, I'll even help you edit, uh, but I know from the writing that you did in my course that you've got a book in you. And that's how the first book, it was really a gift. I kept on saying, but I'm not old enough to write a memoir. And he was like, (laughs) everybody always says that. Everybody says that, but you are. And um, that's how I wrote wrote my memoir. And I actually dictated it. He got me this incredible editor that sort of, yeah, I dictated it. They were about stories and I, I got an incredible editor that was able to shape it for me, and um, it became a bestseller. And then he said, you should also write fiction. Um, and then I wrote fiction. <laughs> it's, you know, once you get the writing bug, it's a little hard to, to stop. I'm, I'm actually writing Highland Beach right now, which is the third in this trilogy. Yeah, but on the serious. side, I'm writing a, a fantasy book because um, that's my favorite genre, actually, other than Beach reads. I love sci-fi and fantasy, and I I started doing that as well. Wow! So Olivia may not be in the fantasy book. <laughs> no, she won't be. <laughs> she will be in Highland Beach, though. But you know, as I'm reading it, and only have a handful of pages left, I truly, and it's not just baloney. I wanted to hear more about her because. She was a combination of so many people that we all know. And even though she had so much, the looks and the intelligence and the good job and the fiancé, she had that who am I uncertainty. Like maybe I'm not good enough for all this. I'm not good enough. That self-doubt. And I I will tell you, I have suffered from that, that imposter syndrome, that nothing's good enough, that self-flagellation. It happens to me when I write. I write 50 pages, I then read, read them, and I throw them away. My editor finally had to say, instead Stop. of throwing them away, can you please send them to me? Let me be the judge of whether or not it's good enough. And sure enough, the last, maybe the last time I wrote 100, I sent them to her, and she said, just keep going. Mm. Never throw anything away again. And she gave me the confidence that I needed to just keep going. So can you, after working and doing all the things, Sonny, that you do, can you then find the hour, the two hours, whatever it takes to write where it's ultimately going to come out and be a book? (laughs) Yeah, it's hard. I find the time, it's very hard. I find the time late at night, if I'm being honest. You know, I, I find that uh, my my daughter's a night owl, so she's usually up in her room. Uh, but my do- my my husband is an early riser, and so by about ten thirty, my house calms down. Yeah, mm-hmm. he's in bed. My dogs are asleep because they get up with him. Uh, my chickens are nesting; they're asleep. My cat is sleeping, <laughs> and I just sneak into my office and I write. Sometimes till one. That's usually my cutoff because I've got to get up for the view. Um, but if it's really happening for me, I just keep on going and I suffer a little bit, uh, that next, that, you know, later on that day, 
but it's well worth it. And that, that's when I've gotten some of my best work done. Late and Sonny's doing a lot of work, whether it's late at night or during the day. Does being on a talk show give you a lot of pleasure? It does. It does now. We're such a cohesive group. Everyone is so wonderful. I actually had an event at the 92nd Street Y for my book, and, and Joy was the moderator. And she's so incredible. We're, we're very, very close. Um, you know, Whoopi Goldberg has agreed to, well, I don't know if I can even say this, but she's agreed her availability to be in the, the, the television adaptation, the screening adaptation of Summer on the Bluffs. I mean, I have this Wait, incredible Wait, you're kidding. What are they doing with that one? <laughs> They're turning it into it's, a it's, series? Yes, they are. Octavia Spencer is my production partner, and she's going to play Olivia's mom, Cindy. Good for you. And mm-hmm. uh, now, now I've now I've got another Academy uh, Award winner that has agreed to be in in the series. And I'm again, I'm pinching myself. I would have never imagined this to be happening, but I'm I'm thrilled that people are loving the book as much as they are. The reviews have been incredible. I was just compared to. I hope I pronounced her name right. Elin Hildegrand. Hildegrand. Oh my God! It should only happen. I mean, I was, I, I kind of couldn't believe it until my agent actually sent me the book review, ah. and um, I, I've read all of her books, and so to be compared in that company is fantastic. Is a real blessing. And yeah, Sunny, now you blessing. can buy Sag Harbor. If <laughs> you don't need to worry about the neighbors. <laughs> so we'll see. We'll see. <laughs> with everyone and with the kids, are the kids ready to go to way to college or still have time? Well, my my son is in his second year in college, so mm-hmm. he'll be coming home soon. Hopefully, uh, he'll summer. be coming home. Uh, for the summer, although he's going to be traveling the world, he's got some internships in Portugal and Good Finland and that kind of thing. And uh, my daughter's a junior, but she is also a wonderful artist. And so she'll mm-hmm. be going to art school this summer and um, graduating next year. So I, I'm not going to be an empty nester yet. I'm not sure if I'm going to let her go. Um, I want her as close to me as possible, but... Um, <laughs> Well, and you already have. I was going to say that every time one of my kids went away, my husband would bring home a dog. And I said, (laughs) enough. I thought we weren't having any more big dogs. (laughs) No, he could get a little tiny dog. He needed a really big one. So anyway, it's all all part of us growing up and the whole process. You know, hard to let those kids go. It's been it's been a little hard for me. <laughs> well, and you also are doing so many different jobs, and now you have a very exciting possibilities with a s- streaming and television and all yes. kinds of things. And you really got yourself a good character because we're now invested in her and oh, want to know what wonderful. happens. So, well, she's uh, she she's going to be in Highland Beach for sure. Uh huh. Good. I'm excited for you. <laughs> do you ever take time Thank and relax? You. What do you like to do when you're not writing, working, taking care of the well, chickens? When I'm, when I'm not writing, I uh, this is going to sound a little little corny, but um, I like to garden. It's 
that's uh, kind of my happy place. I have an orchard that uh, I planted during the pandemic. So I... Uh, and it's I doing well. <laughs> it's doing really well. I have an orchard. I have grapes. I have pear trees and wow. cherry trees, peach trees, apples. And then I have an herb garden. It's probably too big. And then I have uh, two other gardens. One is basically for climbing you know, climbing veggies like my nice. cucumbers and my squash and my eggplants. And then I have another one for my lettuce and my kale and my tomatoes and or tomatoes, as some would say. And I, I love it. I, I That's sort of what, uh, what keeps me feeling grounded. Right. I understand. I love that, too. Nothing gives us greater mm-hmm. pleasure than mm-hmm. seeing something come up. I mean, I said to my daughter that every cucumber is like $100 a cucumber by the time we finish. It is. Right? It is. It's crazy. Right? (laughs) I know. We could buy out the farm stand, but that cucumber hanging there, looking at us, it's all worth it. Well, congratulations, Sonny. Good job. Summer on Sag Harbor and so many things. And watch her on The View. All the best to you, you and your so family. Much, A pleasure, oh, my dear. You. We'll thank talk you. again. The First Lady of New York Radio, Joan Hamburg. Entertaining and informative. Talk Radio 77 WABC.